0: welcome to the millerville community church podcast of our sunday morning sermon series where the word of god is always the focus of our hearts and prayers mcc is a non-denominational country style church just a short 20-minute drive from calgary alberta canada and now here's a message from sunday morning at mcc you want to come on in bring your coffee i need to get started so some of you can go watch a football game i think Seasons beginning, all kinds of things anew are starting, and we're starting a new series today uh, that we're going to be preaching on, the book of the letter to the 1st Corinthians. And uh, encourage you to read ahead, get into the word, hear what the Lord is telling us as a church. It's a fresh series, and the Lord has led us to this section of the New Testament because we need to hear from him how he's continuing to build on the foundation that he has laid in this church. By our efforts and through our prayer and our study Bibles, uh, studying of the Bible, we've becoming increasingly aware of great darkness in the world. And those who have been in the war rooms and praying and fighting for their families have discovered that there is a greater darkness out there than they ever realized and they're taking those on they're pushing them back and people are getting saved and coming to the lord and being delivered from the darkness that envelops them it's amazing what the lord can do as we do that we also as we open the word as we get into it and reread it we realize how wonderful and wise the scriptures are in contrast to What you might see on the news or in the media or you might see in politics, there is a great deal of darkness pushing in on us. And what we would have called just ludicrous statements made uh, 10, 20 years ago now are accepted as truth and as, of course, this is the way it is. People are beginning to lose any reference to point to reality and to truth and to what is right and to what is wrong. And it is a darkness that is pushing in on us. Everywhere we hear statements that may seem borderline crazy, and the wisdom of God is pushed away. I believe that Jesus Christ today wants to shine brighter than ever before. And he wants to do it in the gathering of believers like we are today. We are planted here as a congregation by the Lord, and we're in a region that we you'll see on the signs of the highway in here called dark sky country. What does that mean? Well, we would like to keep the skies dark so we can see the stars at night around us. And uh, as why do we want to see the stars around us? Because we are searching the skies for intelligent life cuz God knows we're not finding it on earth. Yet the Lord wants to increase in the midst of us, not just intelligence, he wants to bring the light of the Holy Spirit and wisdom back to his people and to this earth. The light will expose our own hearts, its motives, its desires, who we are and what we want in life and what we're about. And when that light of the gospel, that wisdom of the Lord comes, dark things that lurk in our lives will run from cover as the light spreads. We will begin to see ourselves, we'll begin to see our families, our situation, and even those sitting next to you differently than we have before. We'll begin to understand what passion that Jesus Christ loves, his people and his church, his bride jesus christ intends to illuminate the darkness and by a wisdom that this world cannot understand we're going to begin to have a vision that will see beyond the wood gate that you drove through beyond the hills and beyond even the mountains that are behind us we'll get a global vision of what god wants to do all this takes place we'll begin to realize that not only are we changing inside, but everything around us is changing. Rather than being timid believers trying to navigate in the darkness of the world, we're going to gain a strong stride of bold faith as a result of this series. We'll know exactly where we're going and why we're going there. And why? Because we have the illumination of God's wisdom. It will transform us in every way. Since my arrival here over a year ago I have prayed for this congregation and I have prayed for you to be hidden from the enemy's eyes that he would not see nor perceive nor understand what was going on here because what's going on here is great and it's wonderful and I didn't want the enemy messing with you and so I have covered you with prayer. I've asked him to be blinded unaware so he would not be able to strategize against us and what we're doing. I believe the Lord knew that we needed a time to heal, a time to get ready for what is coming. But I'm going to tell you today that this concealment is being dropped because this is not what God intends for us as a people of God forever. We are in the Word of God. We are praying. We are obeying the Lord. Now we are ready. By the grace of Jesus Christ to illuminate the darkness of this world. It says in Matthew 5, 14 to 16. And you should uh, print out this verse, put it on your fridge, mark it in your Bible, and remember it well. It's an important passage for us to reference. Gospel of Matthew 14 to 16. Some of you should know this by heart. If you don't, memorize it. Here we go. You are... The light of the world, a city set on a hill, cannot be hidden. Nor does anyone light a lamp and just put it under a basket. They put it on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. So let your light shine before man in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is heaven. We are not here just to hide from the enemy. We are here to illuminate a dark world. So are you ready for all those things? Do you want that in your life? Do you want to become a city on a hill? Okay, then I'm done. (laughs) Yes? Yes, okay. Well, let's get into it. We're going to turn with me to the first letter of Corinthians chapter 1, and let us begin with that passage. It begins this way, Paul calls on the apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Sothenes our brother to the church of God which is at Corinth to who have been sanctified in Christ Jesus saints by calling with all who in every place call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and their Lord and ours grace to you, and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul sets a a wonderful premise here. Now, it's obvious that this is the Apostle Paul. He's writing to the church in Corinth. And he's writing to them uh, his first letter that we have recorded here. And he's addressing the church in Corinth. But I want you to notice the beginning of the foundation that he lays here. For he says, to those, to the church of God, which is in Corinth. Now, have you ever put your name on something? Some of you, if you ever had things stolen from you, you've gone and gotten an inscriber and you've scratched into every tool you own and tractor and truck your name. Now you can go and buy an electronic device, slap it on your stuff, and wherever it goes, you can track it by GPS and know where it is. We... We often had uh, mugs with our names on it, so nobody will miss it. You know, that's my mug. What are you doing with my mug? Have you got a name on anything? Because that designates that it's yours. Paul begins with this. He says, to the church of God, which is in Corinth. This is the most common way in the New Testament to refer to God's people, to the gathering of the church. It says to the church of God. And what that means is this church belongs to God. It doesn't it isn't the church that belongs to a, a person, so they don't have the Wesley name on it. I want you to know I'm in the Wesleyan tradition in my upbringing, but I don't want Wesley's name on the church. It belongs to God. This church, this congregation, who we are, is also belongs to God. It's not our church. It's not your church. It's God's church. Can we accept that first idea that Paul introduces here? Do you agree to that? So if it's God's church, then we need to treat it as a sacred And holy thing because it belongs to Him. I love God's church. I've loved it from the very beginning when I attended it as a kid and grew up in it and I loved its courts. It was in the church that I learned about God. It was in the church I discovered that I was a sinner and I needed salvation. It was in the church that I found salvation in Jesus Christ. It was in the church that I found wisdom and caring and support. It's in the church that I have felt the presence of God more than anywheres on earth. I've had people tell me, I can find God on the golf course. I've been to the golf course. It's nothing like being in church. <laughs> nothing at all. It is in God's church that I found. I fell so in love with it that God called me to be a pastor. He called me early on to serve And I said, Lord, how can I make the biggest difference in this world? Should I go into politics? Should I go into business? And God says, serve the church. And he says, it's the church that will make the biggest difference in the world. And I still believe that to this very day. I still believe we have yet to find our full potential of what we can do through the grace of God. I love the church Before I had a family, before I met Sandra, I still love the church. And I love what the church has done for me and my wife and my family. But there are a few things I would give up my life for. I will lay down my life for my children, for my grandchildren, for my wife, but I'd do it for the church too. I'd give it all up for the church. It is the bride of Christ. Christ loves his bride. And I love her too. You are God's church. You belong to him. Now I know you came here by many ways. Maybe not through Corinth. Maybe you came through other denominations and traditions and so on. But it makes no difference. The only thing that matters is, are you saved? Because that's the only way you enter the church of God. The only way you get His brand on you is that you have to be born again and come into the kingdom. Beth shared that gospel with us beautifully in communion this morning. And unless you're redeemed by the blood of the Lamb and come into the kingdom of God by salvation through Jesus Christ, you're not in the church. You might be hanging around the church. You might benefit from the church, but you are not a part of the church of God. But once you're saved, whether you like it or not, you're in. And you belong to him. And he takes that very seriously. We have been sanctified in Christ Jesus, saints by calling. So when we become a church, when God puts his brand on us and says, you're mine, he begins to set us aside for a special purpose. That's what sanctified means. It means that God has chosen you, and he intends for you to serve him in a very special way to a special calling. With every place. The first word for the church that we find in the Bible here is Ecclesia. It's found in the Greek. And Ecclesia means the called out ones. Did you know that? So they would have an election in Greece. And when they had the election, all the citizens would be called out to vote in the democratic system. And there would be a guy going through the streets and say, It's time to vote. Meet us in the town square. And then the citizens, those who had the right to vote, would meet in the town square. Those who heard the call, came out, and gathered in the square are called the Ecclesia, the called out ones. Jesus Christ has called us out of this dark world into the light to gather together, not to be ashamed. We are the called out ones in the kingdom of God. And here we are gathered together in the presence of God. With all who in every place call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord, and ours. Now, Paul has just stepped on the borders of Corinth. He has stepped out and says, anyone and everywhere who calls on the name of the Lord, this letter is for you. That's not just for the Corinthians. It's for the Romans. It's for the Philippians. It's for the Hebrews. And it's even for Millerville. It's even for Black Diamond, Turner Valley. He sends this message out of Jesus Christ to everyone, including us right here today. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. And we need a whole lot of grace, don't we? A whole lot of grace to come into the presence, to be his people, because this is a little intimidating that God would call us out to be these kind of people. And then he goes on, verse 4, and he says, I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given you in Christ Jesus, that in everything you were enriched in him, in all speech and in all knowledge, even as the testimony concerning Christ was confirmed in you, so that you are not lacking in any gift awaiting eagerly the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ, who will conform you to the end, blameless to in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful through whom you will be called into the fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. I'm thankful too. Paul's thankful. I'm thankful. When I think of you, I give thanks. And what do I give thanks for I'm thankful for how our speech is changing, and we're moving from cursings to blessings within our midst. I'm thankful for how we think and how how we form our thoughts is beginning to change by listening to, to and reading the Word of God. I'm thankful for how we're proving that we have been born again by the change in our attitudes and in our hearts. And for I'm also thankful for the gifts of the Holy Spirit that are beginning to emerge in our midst. This is an exciting time for our congregation that we belong to God and he is doing something marvelous. It's an exciting time for us. God is working something wonderful here. If you don't give thanks for each person here today, you're going to miss the wonderful thing he's doing in our midst. There is a growing light, and sometimes it flickers as it grows with intensity. This inward awakening of the Holy Spirit is revealing more and more every day. And as we change on the inside in how we act and what we think, we may even find the world around us seems darker than it did before. When we are... Used to swearing and taking offense in coarse language, we don't notice how dark and damaging these words are and can be to ourselves and to others. When we're not reading the Bible, what we hear from the secular world without God begins to sound reasonable. When the Holy Spirit is not changing our attitudes and our hearts, we found ourselves justified by our petty motives and moods. And when we're not beginning to experience the flow of the Holy Spirit through our lives in the service of the kingdom of God, then our egos within us swell in our sense of self-importance and we're blocking out any awareness of God's grace. That's the darkness. A people living in darkness is what we are leaving behind because we have been given a greater light that is taking hold in our lives. A light that is growing every day. Others are starting to catch a glimpse of God's glory as we are transformed from day to day. We're moving from wet blankets to burning torches. Isn't that good? As the light grows, we start searching the skies more and more. Those in darkness love the darkness and search the dark for hidden things and secret mysteries and words. Uh, say words like, could it be? Or they might say some theorize. We search the skies, especially in the morning, because we are looking for the return of Jesus Christ. As this light grows, you will find yourself looking to that sky more and more, especially at the break of a day, because one day that kingdom will break on the great and terrible day of the Lord, and we will be looking for him. The effect of light we have been given through the new birth is the dawn that will come one day with the return of Jesus Christ. This world will always be in darkness until that dawn arrives. In this darkness, our growing light we have been given can be easily and plainly seen from a great distance because it is so different and bright in the midst of a dark world. When Christ returns, His glory will eclipse us, and we will be transformed in the resurrection. The light we have been given right now, be it ever so small or so flickering, will grow and grow. For the dawn of the kingdom of God is coming. Until that time, we lift up what light we have, and we invite others to find their way out of the darkness to the grace of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 10 goes on and says this, Now I exhort you, brothers, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all agree that there be no division among you, but that you be made complete in the same mind, in the same judgment, for I have been informed concerning you, my brethren, by close people, that there are quarrels among you. No, I mean this, that each one of you is saying, I am of Paul, I am of Apollos, I am of Cephas, and I am of Christ. Has Christ been divided? Paul was not crucified for you, was he? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? We have been given a great light, a great light that is shining bright in a dark world. And when we are in the light business And business is good. Mind you, if we're in the light business, there are other people who will not appreciate that, especially those who want to go to sleep and don't want a bright light. But we are in the light business. We don't want things to hide in the dark anymore. Those who organized uh, a gay pride week this last week in Calgary were offended that uh, the Bill Graham Association would offer an emergency response vehicle to stand by to assist anyone that was in need. And uh, through there, they had this beautiful emergency response vehicle. Just the fact they were there, people were outraged. The news media showed up to cover the story. and The evidence showed that Bill Graham Association loves all people and is there to help them. And they interpreted that as, see, they hate us. Just because someone disagrees with your worldview and what your opinion is doesn't mean they hate you. But the darkness is so dark, they'll misinterpret acts of love as acts of hate. To keep the light of Christ growing brighter in our midst, we need your help. I need to encourage you. Paul exhorts you, and the Holy Spirit is urging you that you be united on the same page, the same message on our lips. And let's keep that focus on Jesus Christ, who is the source of this great light in our lives. I have been preaching for a few years, and I've been uh, criticized Uh, I've been corrected. I've been praised for my sermons. Some Some people think I'm fantastic. Of course, I don't know what the rest of them think, but some do. People who have listened to me have hated me. They have loved me. They have blamed me. They have avoided me. They have sought me out. They've accused me, and they've given me credit for the results of those sermons I have preached. Some of you are ready to defend me, and others are ready to agree with those who have attacked me over the years and say, yeah, I think he's no good either. After this service, some will thank me and say, you're my favorite preacher. While others will want to set me straight on a few things and correct my doctrine. It's happened here in the last year. I've had both. If you fall into either of these groups, you are still in the dark. The light has yet to dawn on you. You have missed the whole point of what the Lord wants you to understand about the growing light in the presence of this dark world. This isn't about whether you like Pastor John or not, or if the sermon was entertaining or not. This moment we are in is not about me. It's not about you. It's about Jesus Christ, the light of the world. So here is how we're going to keep this light growing. We're going to bring what you're experiencing and thinking into the light. And you're going to, along with me, share it with Jesus Christ. And when you speak and talk, about what jesus christ is doing saying and revealing in your life you're going to give him the credit for all of that and when you sense the presence of christ because of something someone said or did then you're going to tell them how jesus christ used them to bring about more light in your dark world that's how we do it we make our conversation not about you Not about me, but about Jesus Christ. It's very simple, and it's going to be the hardest thing you'll ever do. You're going to have to really focus and do it intentionally. Darkness and those who live in it want to talk about what they like and what they don't like, about other people and how they're offended. The great light growing in our midst is about Jesus Christ. It's not about what you like and what you don't like or how you feel. It's about what Jesus likes and what he dislikes. This light burns brighter when we give him joy, when we speak about him. It dims when we grieve the Holy Spirit within us. The Church of God in Corinth has many people coming to it, preaching the gospel and sharing with them. Paul lists who they are. They say, I'm here, I'm Paul. And then there's Cephas, which is Peter, which is Paul is an itinerant preacher. He's running around the place. History tells us he might have been short, balding. Any of you short and balding? You're just like Paul. And he was a great writer, uh, but uh, and a very stirring. In fact, we enjoy his writings that are found in the Holy Scriptures right now. But the Holy Scriptures tells us that when he showed up to preach, everyone sort of rolled their eyes and said, boy, he's great on paper, but in person, I don't know. And then there's Peter who shows up, head of the church. Peter, the apostle, the rock. This is the guy who denied Jesus Christ three times at the crucifixion. This is the guy who was always messing up. But Peter comes around and preaches, and he does it boldly. And then there's Apollos. Have you ever heard of Apollos? He's a Greek named after the god Apollo. He's tall, he's blonde, he's good looking History tells us he was an orator Boy, could he speak The the girls fell in love with him, the men were jealous But he was inspiring If there was a TV ministry, he would be the biggest thing on TV right now His teeth sparkled when he spoke He was just an amazing man but you remember the short, bald guy. You don't remember Apollos. What the church in Corinth was doing is saying, you know, if I had my choice, I'd choose Apollos every Sunday. He could really build this church. People would just come from miles just to hear him speak. And Paul writes, and he says, I've heard it that you're choosing up who's your favorite. Shame on you. You're missing the whole point. It isn't about Apollos. It isn't about Peter. It isn't about Paul. It's about who? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. There, we have nothing without him. Paul is nothing. Paulus is nothing. Peter is nothing apart from Jesus Christ. We have only one Lord, one Savior, which is Jesus Christ. He can reveal himself through any one of us at any time. What he prefers is that he reveals himself through all of us all of the time. You hear what I'm saying? Not just Sunday morning when someone stands up front. The way the light is brighter for the world to see and marvel at is when we lift Jesus Christ up before others all the time. So can you help me out? Can we make Jesus our topic? Can you do that? All right. Well, I want to see the glory of Christ shine brighter in the midst. Let's do this. Number one, when talking about this wonderful congregation that we have here, tell them you have found Christ here. Could you do that? Now, they will want to talk, well, do they have good coffee? Is the food all right? Is the preacher entertaining? You say, well, yes, but when I go there, I find Jesus Christ is here. And his presence is really felt in our fellowship. I remember the first day I walked in the doors. Didn't know much about Millerville Community Church. And as soon as I walked in the doors, I felt the presence of Christ. Have you ever done that? That should be our conversation. That's what we should say to others. Number two, please do not talk about how wonderful the preaching and teaching is, but share that Christ is taught and proclaimed here. That's what matters. Amen? Three, share the mission of the church, which is the mission of every congregation. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord Any church that is the church of God that belongs to God and is to help people be born again through the saving work of Jesus Christ. That's what we're about. And that's the only thing that will change this world. If we are united around Jesus Christ with those three simple acts, we will find ourselves strong and brighter for, for the Lord. We'll experience The revelation the Bible talks about we'll experience through the new birth proclaimed by the power of the Holy Spirit, and we'll find the light of Christ will burn bright. Now, even as I laid that out very simply, very achievable, and you could do this right now, I know some of you are in such a dark place, you will not hear what I am saying. Some of you will come up to me after this service, with a burning desire to tell me what they like and don't like and expect me to care about it. I really don't. Sorry. I will talk with you, but I will steer you towards Jesus Christ and away from yourself. That's what I'm going to do. Because I'm a pastor, view, pastor some of you will think I'm a sympathetic person. Those who are looking for sympathy, for compassion, for encouragement will come and tell me with what sacrifice and hardships you have endured to do the right thing and how underappreciated you are and how mistreated you are by others. You will expect me to take your side and say you are justified. I won't. Sorry. I just won't do it. I will talk with you, but I will steer you towards Jesus Christ and away from yourself. If you can't do these two things with me, you may just walk away silently and say, I'm not going to talk to him. He doesn't care. You might walk out the door silently, holding your grief in, your sorrow, your pain, your isolation. And you'll think no one understands or can help. But please don't do that either. But linger a little longer in God's house. Don't leave without your eyes fixed on Jesus Christ. Because he cares, he's here, and he can do something. Instead, let's all do this. Can we make it a little brighter in here? In just in the next few minutes, I'm going to ask you to do something. There are people sitting next to you. If you'll flap your elbows, you'll hit one. There you go. In the next few moments, I'm going to ask you to turn to the people next to you who don't you don't know. Don't turn to someone you're a friend with or you're married to, but someone you don't know, and tell them just how amazing Jesus Christ is in your life. You're going to share how dark it was without the Holy Spirit working in your life. And then I want you to speak about the amazing love of Father God to a people so as unworthy as you all. Then ask them if they, do you understand what I'm saying? If they know what you know. And if they have seen the glory of Jesus Christ in their life. And some of you are sitting there saying, I can't do that. (laughs) Don't ask. I'm not. You can't make me do that. But if you want it brighter in here, that's what we need to do today and every day of our life. Amen? If you can't do it here, you won't do it outside these doors. Right? If you already know that you do not share in this light of Christ that I'm talking about, but are living in a slow death of darkness. And if you want to see, to understand, and receive a new life, then you come to the front, and I will show you how to receive salvation in Jesus Christ. Or maybe the person next to you will get to you before I will and just lead you into the light. If you will do this, sinner and saint, a new day will dawn in our midst. We will leave this place with our eyes drifting upward towards the heavens and asking ourselves, could it be today that Jesus Christ returns? We will become known as the Church of God, the church that belongs to God in Millerville, Alberta. The light of Jesus Christ is going to grow in this place. Let's just take a moment, turn to the people next to you, And do that thing I dared you to do. Would you do that right now? You'll find a warm, relaxed atmosphere at MCC. We love worship and music here. It is our desire to direct people to the Lord Jesus Christ, the source of all life hope and true transformation. Our Sunday service starts at 10.30 a.m. and runs till noonish. Coffee and snacks are served, children's church and childcare are available.